0: All right, all right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Metro Praise International Church. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I say, who's excited? Amen. We can all please stand. We want to thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate you and love you so much. As we get ready to worship, I want you to introduce myself, Pastor Berta, one of the pastors here on staff. And I hope everybody's new year started out well. First week, it was a success. I hope so. Amen we like to start with a testimony. This morning, we have a sister, Desiree. As she comes up, let's give her a hand, everybody.
1: Good morning, Metro. <clears throat> My name is Desiree, and uh, what I want to share with you is this verse from Joshua 1.9. says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I want to share that um, about five, six months ago, um, I was, my trust in the Lord was dwindling, and uh, I just, I could not see ahead. I was trying to figure things out on my own. I was trying to figure out like how we would move, like if we were ever going to get out of our apartment. At the time there were seven of us in a small bedroom apartment and uh, I just could not see the future and it was driving me nuts, but God was like just trust me. Have patience, you know, receive peace and just trust me. Lean not on your own understanding and then um, as I did and I just focused on the Lord and trust in Him, I put all my faith in Him, everything started to unfold and um, and we came into the new year in a new house, well, in our first house. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty exciting. And I just want to encourage you guys. Uh, although you can't like see into the future, um, you don't know what's out there. Like just trust in God, and He's there. He's right with you, and He will make your path straight. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that hearts would be opened in this place to receive you, God. That as the worship comes forth, God, that your anointing and your your peace, your presence, God, would fill this place, Lord, and that we would just receive you, God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen.
2: sing through you. Through you I could do anything and I could do all things cause it's who gives me strength nothing is impossible through you blind eyes are open strong goals are broken I am living my faith nothing is impossible I'm not gonna live. I'm not gonna live by what I see. I'm not gonna live by what I feel. Because deep down, deep down, I know that you're here with me. Yes, I know that you can I can do anything. I can do all things, cause it's You who gives me strength. Sit up. i can live by what i feel i'm not gonna live by what i feel down deep down i know that you're here with me and I know i know that you can do anything through you i can do anything i can do all who gives me strength nothing is impossible through you my eyes are open strong strongholds are broken I am living by faith nothing is impossible I believe, I believe yes, I believe I believe in you I believe, I believe You yes, shall believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. I believe. Go on, more time, I believe. You yes, shall believe, I believe. Morning. I can do one thing. Yes, I can. Cause 'cause you kiss me straight. Nothing is impossible through you. blind eyes are open. The strongholds are broken. I am living my faith. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. We give you praise. We give you praise. Back to that first verse. His glory surrounds us. His fire is falling as we sing. And the Savior is for us. And his love is victorious. And revival is rising. Is. Can you sing the King? The King is, is among us. us. Can I see it. Glory surrounds us. His fire is falling as we sing. And the Savior is for us, and His love is victorious. Revival is rising. Oh, do you believe the King is among us? The King is among us. Jesus is here, oh, healing is here, your blessing is here, oh, peace is here, and the Savior is for us, and his love is victorious, and revival is right. wait for you, we wait for you, we wait for you, to walk in through We wait for you We wait Jesus, want to say, we win. We speak. We want more. You move. We want more. We want the fullness. You move. we move. We want more. You speak. We want more. You move. We want more. The fullness, oh, when you move, you move. We want more. You speak. We want more. You move. We want more. We want the fullness. Release the fullness of your spirit. Sit down. she can the release the Come on, just the voices, let's sing that out, release the fullness, every voice, release the fullness. church he's here
3: come on let's sing when you move we want more come on who's hungry today when he speaks we want more come on let's sing that out lift up your hands all across this room i want you guys to get crazy come on some of you guys gotta run up here you gotta jump
4: you gotta dance in your seat come on move out to the aisles because when he moves and you experience it, you will crave more of his presence when he speaks a word to you. One word won't be enough. You will want more. Get your more right now. Come on. When
2: you speak, we want more you move. We want more. We want the fullness.
4: Come on! Jump your way to your victory today. Your way through your miracle we today. We want
2: more. You. We want more. We want the fullness. Release. Release the fullness of your spirit. So kind of glory come. So kind of glory come. Release the fullness. kind of glory come. So kind of glory come. Release the.
3: hallelujah come on if you're filled with the holy ghost and speak in other tongues lift up your voices right now he's about to bust loose in this place
4: today come on let's fill the atmosphere with the language of heaven come on press through today come on build up your inner man build up your inner man Let faith arise today. Come on, Jesus is in the room.
3: If you're here today and you need a miracle, I want you up here at this altar right now. You need a miracle in your life. You need a healing in your body, healing in your mind. You've been struggling with depression. You have a physical ailment. You need joy, come
4: on. Some of you need joy in 2017. Come get your miracle today. Some of you are hearing God say crazy things about what he wants to do in your life. Come get your miracle.
3: Some of you guys are gonna need to step out on the water this year in a new way. Come and receive. Adam and Christina, if you come up here to the middle, to the front, I wanna specifically pray for Adam. He's gonna be undergoing hip surgery on Wednesday. We wanna lift him up. If there's anybody else that is gonna be receiving surgery anytime soon, please come up here in the front next to them so that we know and we could pray specifically. We're gonna go after Jesus. He's in the room. Look to your neighbor, say, Jesus is in the room. He's here, guys. Our faith has been activated. There is faith for miracles in this room. And we're going to get it. We're not just going to sing about it. We're just not going to just stand by and watch others receive it. Now is your time to receive your miracle, your breakthrough, your healing. So let's up our hands all across this room. Griselda, if you could come on up. I want you to pray for healing over Adam. Pray for the surgery that's going to be happening. And we're going to keep praying after that. Come on.
4: Hallelujah. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we put our eyes and our faith, our trust in you. We know that you are the God of miracles, and you are our healer. So we call upon your name today, dear God, and we pray for this surgery that is taking place. We trust that it's in your hands. We pray that his hip would be completely healed. In Jesus' name, we plead your blood over him and declare that by your stripes, Adam is healed. In
3: Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen hallelujah lord i pray for christina during this time as well i pray that you would uphold her with strength god to bear the load god that um adam won't be able to carry i pray for a supernatural energy supernatural strength your provision over them in the mighty name of jesus hallelujah hallelujah come on let's keep pressing in through healing i want us to go after jesus right now we want the god of miracles to come into your situation So if you're at the altars, let's keep worshiping together. Some of you guys need breakthrough in your finances, finding a job. Let's glorify
4: the Lord. Go after him. You practice his presence in this room because when you're at home, you go after God by yourself. So practice his presence today. Go after Jesus. Come on, healing. Healing in your mind today. Healing in hearts today. You are healed. Sing God miracles come. Depression, go! Depression, go! Come on! Identity in Christ to arise! Identities in Jesus to arise! Voices, Just the voices. Come on, nice and loud. God of miracles. God of miracles,
2: come. We need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of miracles.
3: Jesus come on we're going to be still we're going to wait, we're going to listen there's a word in this place today our faith has been activated Jesus is in the room we want the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow words of wisdom and knowledge the gift of healing, prophecy come on Holy Ghost take over right now We are listening, we are listening. if that was for you take it some of you guys got to let out a scream today a scream of victory that that was for you come on worthiness righteousness in Jesus you are made in his image nothing that you can do can separate you from the love of God you are more than a conqueror in him you are made worthy in the eyes of Jesus because of the blood that he shed for you hallelujah Jesus we thank you We thank you that we are covered in your righteousness. We could never do it on our own, oh God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us clean. Come on, there's another word today. There's another word in this room today. Come on, receive it right now. For those of you that may be new to this, God is speaking. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit here. We believe he uses us to release his words, to release his healing power. His presence is real. We're not about a religion. We're here to experience the presence of a living God because he came to commune with us. He
4: wanted to come and abide in you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be the lover of your soul. He wants to take you by the hand and lead you by the streams of living water. If you are thirsty, if you are hungry, come, come and drink. Come and drink of this living water, the bread of life that came from heaven. Come on, release the fullness. One more time, let's engage the presence of God today. Sing this song of your life right now.
2: Shekinah, glory come. Shekinah, glory come. Release the fullness of your spirit. Shekinah, glory come. on, go after one more time glory the fullness of your spirit, she can.
4: Room today King Jesus be magnified be glorified King of Kings and Lord of Lords you are awesome in this place and we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name and everybody
3: said amen give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place today come on you guys can make your way back to your seats we can release Kings kids at this time praise the Lord hallelujah wasn't that fun there's nothing like the presence of jesus thank you lord welcome everybody to metro praise international on behalf of the leadership we're so thankful that you joined us for service this morning what a powerful time in the presence of god at this time i'm going to preach the gospel to you for those that may not know who i am my name is nancy wyrostick i'm one of the apostolic elders here We like to preach the simple message of salvation to you every week because we don't want anybody to leave this room not knowing what Jesus came to do for you so that you could have eternal life. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate. And narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Many of you guys are on this very wide path. This wide gate that leads to destruction. And Jesus came to give you another option. He died on the cross, rose again on the third day to give us resurrection power. To give us new life. He breathes new life into you. To the point where you are born again, a new creation. If you are on this wide path of destruction, please hear my plea to you today. Choose the narrow path choose the narrow gate because that path that is wide that path that all your friends are on the path that looks so fun the path that looks like everybody's going in that direction and that's the cool way i want to let you know it's going to lead you to damnation and hell forever but jesus he made a narrow path a path that you can keep your eyes on him and follow close to him and that road leads to life And the Bible is clear that only a few find it. I'm sorry, my friends, but most people do not want to come and live for Jesus because it's not the cool thing to do. The Bible says you must deny yourself. People don't want to deny themselves. And if that's you, I plead with you, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. Because the wide path that you are on that seems so cool, that seems so pleasureful right now, will lead you to destruction and hell forever. And the Bible says you're not promised not one more day. We're not promised to wake up tomorrow. You must be ready to meet your maker. So with all eyes closed all across this room, if you are not ready to face Jesus, to leave this earth and face him, And know with confidence that he will receive you into his kingdom. You must pray. You must repent right now and turn from your sins and get right with the living God. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room who's not right with you. They're playing with fire. They think they can have a little bit of the world and a little bit of you and a little bit of church and a little bit of that. But they're on this wide gate, this wide road that's going to damn their soul. God, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit, the
4: fire of God, would burn in their heart. Get right with God. Repent.
3: Be born again today in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You guys may be, uh, you guys can stand up to your feet. We're going to have prayer workers right here, Joselito and Bertha. If you mean business with God and you want to get your life right today in just a few moments during our fellowship time, please come and receive prayer. Find out how to get right with God, to get plugged into the church. Be a disciple of Jesus. Have your life be held accountable. You're not here to do this alone. There's a church behind you that's saying, we're in this together. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are you guys ready to confess a confession of faith together? This is our Christian worldview. This is what we stand upon. Let's recite it on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator, who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. And the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone and for the glory of God alone, amen. Give it up for Jesus. Why don't you guys turn around, greet somebody that you don't know. Give them a hug or a handshake. all right who's excited they came to church today first service come on welcome to Metro Praise International we're so excited that you're here if this is your first time welcome please keep on coming back invite your friends and family we have two services here at MPI every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. this is our family service we have King's kids in the back for our children infant to 11 years old they have an amazing time back there we have the best children's workers that pour into them every week And then we have Elevate Fridays at 7 p.m., 11 to 18 years old. They're rocking it out. They're on fire for Jesus. If you know any teenagers, bring them here on Friday night. This is the place to be. We have an exciting announcement. I don't know if most of you guys have seen this. How many of you guys saw this on Facebook yesterday? We have our very own Metro Praise International app. Look to your neighbor and say, that's so cool. So what I want you guys to do, if you have a smartphone, pull it out and wave it in the air. And I want you guys to download this app right now. We're going to take our time. I want to talk about it a little bit, kind of go through the different features. It is amazing. It's going to make everything so simple. A lot of people don't like websites anymore. They're great to load up a lot of information But if you know, it's a little bit hard to maneuver around, but this app is absolutely wonderful. It's a one-click to whatever you want, whether it's a sermon, uh, sermon notes, to listen to a sermon, your daily devotionals. So I'm kind of just trying to give you some time to download it. If you already have it, kind of look up at me, wave your hand if you need more time. Well, I'm going to go through it right now. So it's the MPI Church. When you uh, get it all in there, that's what it's going to say. Let me change my settings here. So if you open it up, you'll see everything listed so simply. Devotionals, Give, Sermon Player, Life groups, Sermon Notes, The Disciples Giving Book, Discipleship, Facebook Live, and new question marks. So if you're new, you can check out some stuff. So I really want to encourage you guys, take time this year to go through the daily devotionals. Click on devotionals right now. And you'll see the devotionals that have passed from January 1st up to date to today. Take five minutes out of your day to invest in yourself, to grow in the word and be transformed this year. It is one click away. Literally, you can do it during your morning coffee. You can do it doing it maybe your break at work. It is amazing. So I really want you guys to hone in and use this app to make your life simpler and the daily devotions is such a uh, important part of your Christian walk and time with the Lord. And then you could click Give and just give straight through the app. Very easy, very convenient. We have the sermon player there. All the messages that get preached on Sunday for both services will be uploaded on the sermon player by Tuesday. So you could always re-listen to the message throughout the week to kind of remind yourself about what you learned, what God spoke to you. We have the life group information there. Sermon notes, you can click on there right now and get ready for when Pastor Joe comes on up to preach and be ahead. The Disciples Giving Book, I'm going to be going over that lesson today in just a little bit. You could click on the Disciples Giving Book and you can follow along with me there discipleship information Facebook live new also if you notice on the bottom it has home Bible give calendar and more easy connections there you could click on your Bible to follow along with the notes today there's our calendar you could click give on the bottom as well and make it really fast and convenient for you give me some love are you guys loving this app or what share it with your friends and this is an awesome way you know when you're meeting people when you're evangelizing when you want to invite them to the church maybe you're a waiter or a waitress whoever you connect with co-workers say hey download load this app uh, read our devotionals check out the messages that get preached it's an awesome tool to really help people get connected and stay connected isn't that awesome which leads us to our vision so you guys ready to hear about the uh, vision of MPI mpi's vision strategy and goal is following The vision is loving god and loving people our strategy is to connect you to mentor you and to send you out the way that we connect you is through our life groups we mentor you through the 101 and the 201 books then we want to send you out to do evangelism so that all the lost can hear the message of the gospel preached and then we want to send you out that is our goal Oh, that is part of the strategy, and that our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Can I get an amen? I hope that gets you excited. Look to your neighbor, say it's time to get connected. Here's a snapshot of this week for our life groups. If you turn your hand out, you'll see the schedule for the whole quarter for January, February, and March. I really want to encourage you, have if you haven't done so already for this year, pick one, stay connected to it, be faithful. Your family will grow. You will grow. You will be so encouraged in your walk with the Lord. So here's a snapshot of this week. Kicking it off today as our single moms. Come on, give it up for our single mamas. They are awesome. Child care is always provided. Be here at 5:30. They're rocking it out, getting closer to Jesus. Wednesday, we have our King's Kids Life Group infant to 11 years old bring your children here at 6:30. we have royal rangers for boys impact for girls and they're being discipled in the word of god thursday our gang outreach hits the streets seven o'clock be here at the church let's keep going who knows what comes next after thursday friday and friday we have two adult bible studies one at the govea's the other one at the vivid's house 18 years and up 7 p.m be there if you're an adult you must be at those adult bible studies get connected with the body of christ throughout the week dive into the word of god and even if you are part of these other ones you could always commit to this weekly one to really encourage your faith and strengthen you amen now we want to mentor you somebody say mentor We have the 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. This is done one-on-one with a leader in the church who wants to pour into you, encourage you, teach you. Yes, we correct, rebuke, and encourage, but with love because we want you to be all that God has called you to be. When you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples. This is a class with Pastor Jared on Sunday mornings and Thursday evenings where we train you to be a leader in the church. And that is what all of us should strive to be. Not just to think about us four and no more, but to open our vision, open our mind, and say, God, I want to change the world for you. And it comes through getting trained in the local body of Christ so that one day you could be ordained to be a deacon or an elder and fulfill God's plan for your life. Then we want to send you out We have evangelism every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m., hitting the streets, preaching the gospel to complete strangers, people we don't know. But guess what? That may be the only time they ever hear about Jesus. That will probably be the only time they hear from you. And it's our responsibility to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is our mandate from Jesus before he left the earth. Go and make disciples. Go preach the gospel. And that is what we do best here. Amen? So who's with me? Are you guys excited to do it? If you've never gone evangelizing, join them. It will change your life. So in recap, MPI has a vision, a strategy, and a goal, a vision of loving God and loving people, a strategy to connect, mentor, and send, and a goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Can I get a hallelujah? And really quick, just that so you understand, the reason why we say this every week is because not so that we can be cool, we have nothing better to do. We do it to honor God and to be true to what he's called us to do. And some people don't want it, and that's okay. But this has been our motto from the beginning. Some people will get on it, on the bus, and some people will get on the bus. But guess what? The bus keeps on moving. So this is the deal with this vision. We say it every week. Some people, um, there are times in life where some things are taught And some things are caught. So if this doesn't make sense to you and you're like, well, why do I have to do life groups or why do I have to do the 201? Listen, you have to catch it. You have to ask Jesus to help you this year catch the vision, not of our church, not of Metro Praise, but the vision of the Bible, what he wants you to do as a believer of Jesus. So some things are taught and other things are caught. But as you're being taught, pray that Jesus will help you catch it. Amen? So look to your neighbor and say, catch you some. Come on. We do it to give Jesus glory. Make it plain. The Bible says make your vision plain. Write it on paper and run with it. So we are running. We want Chicago to be saved. We want America to be saved. We want the nations to be saved. How many of you guys are excited to give your tithes and offerings? Praise the Lord. The Bible teaches that our tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. The amount that you give above your tithe is considered an offering that God puts on your heart to give, and we designate that towards missions and towards the building fund. So if you guys could go to your MPI Church app, you could follow along with me in the Disciples Giving Book for the lesson for today. Section 1 is going to be all about tithes, how the Scripture teaches us the tithes is biblical and how it is revealed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We are in Lesson 2. The tithe was revealed before the law of Moses to Abraham. Again, the tithe is 10% of our total income given to God faithfully. We're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. If you're there, say, I'm there. Come on. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Let's read the two main points from that scripture. Number one, the tithe is a spiritual principle, not just a law. So this was given to Abraham as a principle, and then the law came with Moses. So before God gave the law of the tithe to Moses, the principle was known spiritually, by God's people because of Abraham's interaction with Melchizedek, Genesis 14, 20. Isn't that awesome? Number two, spiritual principles never change. The Bible teaches that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Therefore, spiritual principles like tithing remain the same throughout all stages of time. And that's why we tithe, because we believe in the spiritual principle of it and the the principle of sowing and reaping and how God blesses us as we give and that he blesses us more so we could give more. Amen? In summary, since the tithe was introduced before the law of Moses, it remains after the old covenant and into the new covenant. And that is the covenant that we stand in today, the new covenant. So let's apply this to our life in two ways. Number one, be a blessing to your local church, like Abraham was a blessing to the priestly king Melchizedek by giving a tenth of everything. And two, ask God to bless you and give you success like he did for Abraham. Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. If that gets you excited and you are blessed by that lesson, let's recite this confession over our lives together today. One, two, three. The tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. The tithe advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of greed through obedience, is mandated for all, and brings us into partnership with God and his church. Please stand up to your feet with me this morning, and let's prepare to give the Lord our very best. Again, our tithe is 10% of our income. We designate our offering towards missions and building. Please put this specific amount that you want allocated towards each section on the envelope. And also, if you could write your first and last name on the envelope very clearly so that we can Accredit credit you that monies at the end of the year when it's time to give out the reports. That would be very beneficial to everybody who's working and plugging in those numbers. If you don't want your name to be known and it's miscellaneous, that's fine. But if you are writing your name, please write it first and last name very clearly so we could plug it into the computer so it could be credited towards your account. All right, here are seven ways to give. Look at your neighbor say, seven? I thought it was four. So here's the new slide, okay? It's new and improved for 2017, and in just a little bit, you're going to see an awesome video that shows you all these things. So I'm going to go through it right now. There's new ways that you could give at MPI. Number one, in the front during the offering. Number two, in the back with a credit or debit card. We're still doing that. You can see Pastor Griselda and Jerry if you would like more information. Number three, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Number four, on the MPI app. What, what, isn't that awesome? Number five, Chase Quick Pay at Give at MPIchurch.org. If you guys are giving that way, keep giving that way. That is awesome and one of our favorite ways. Number six, you can now text MPI Give. Just text. Put that in the text. MPI Give two. That number, two zero six. Is that an eight or a three? Sorry. 859-9405. Nine, nine, now I'm taking my time. I'm not gonna be reading word for word every week, but that's what you do. You text that number and you text MPI give. Caps, lowercase, doesn't matter, and then you'll go through the steps. If you need help, our leaders will help you. And then seven, you can continue to go online at metro at MPIchurch.org forward slash giving. Isn't that awesome? So seven ways to give. Here's our building fund for 2017. Come on, we want to raise the monies for the new shed and some new equipment. God is on the move. Last year, we rocked it out, provided this new stage, new band equipment, all that stuff. The outreaches that we did with Brandon coming, it was amazing. This is the new year. This is the new vision. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you for your faithfulness. And this is all we ask going into the new year, that number one, you would pray. Ask God what to give towards this. Number two, listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you. And three, give and give generously. Let's all be obedient and believe God for big this year. Amen? So let's read 2 Corinthians 9, 8 together. Come on. And God is able so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your abundance in our lives, for your faithfulness. And Lord, we thank you that we have the honor and the privilege to co-labor with you on this earth to establish your kingdom by giving our tithes and our offerings. I pray that you would use it, multiply it. I pray that you would abundantly provide for our needs and our families and in the church so that we could see Chicago changed and transformed and the rest of the world. Let the gospel be preached to the ends of the earth through our efforts here at mpi 5405 west diversity we are on fire and we pray oh god that this gospel where you reached from this corner to the ends of the earth use this money to glorify your name to meet the needs of your people so that all would hear and know you in jesus name and everybody said Amen. amen and amen please come forward as you give this morning and we thank you so much for your generosity and if you don't come forward, you can stay cozy at your chair and just do it from your act.
0: All right, how many are ready to love God and people? Make some noise. Woo! Come on, it's a new year with a new life. Man, and you got some new friends and some old friends. Amen. Look at your neighbor. If they're not your friend, say, "Can you be my friend?" If they are your friend, say, "You ready to do this?" Come on, new year. You can come with me. I don't want to go without you, but I will if you don't want to come with me. I need my friends to be with me in church. So glad that you guys are here. Thank you for coming. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of Timothy. We are in a sermon series starting the new year off right. Learning about what the Bible teaches is the pillar and foundation for truth. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Also in your app is the Bible. So if you're used to using the My Version app of the Bible, it's built right into our app, so you can do that and then switch back and forth to the notes, just making things easy, breezy, nice, and easy for you guys. This month, we're learning about the church, the pillar, the foundation of truth. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 is our series scripture for the whole month of January, and then we're moving through that slide that you guys see every single week that we bring up the loving God, loving people, connect, mentor, send, in 100,000 with 50 churches, 500 around the world. The reason why I'm doing this is because I believe that the best way I as a pastor can help you start this new year is by centering your life on Jesus and his kingdom. So th- take, for example, if I wanted to help you be the best mom or dad, what would I teach you right now? Just life lessons on being a mom or a dad, or would I first need to teach you to seek the kingdom of God? What comes first, teaching you about being a mom or a dad or teaching you about the kingdom? That's what the Bible says. That's what we learned last week. If I wanted to teach you this year about God's principles of success, the same principles that the CEO and founder of Hobby Lobby used to build a billion-dollar business. How many would like a billion-dollar business this year? The same foundation that uh, that the Kathy family started with uh, Chick-fil-A. How many would like a billion-dollar business again? The same foundation that's built upon the principles that God has given us, this nation, the greatest nation in the world, and God we trust, that's on your dollar bill, isn't it? Every time you spend that dollar and you don't trust in God, you're going against what your founding fathers taught you to do. Come on. See, I'll get a little sassy with you. So many of you, you love that paycheck, you love that money, but your founding fathers had enough common sense to tell you, don't you trust in this, you trust in God. And especially after World War II, when they made it our official slogan, they knew that the money would not bail us out and would not change this world. It is God that changes this world. Every time you spend that dollar, you don't trust in God. You're a hypocrite to the founding principles of this nation. Doesn't that make you want to live for Jesus? I hope it does. You see, I could teach you about being a business person. I could teach you about being a mother and a father. But if I don't teach you the kingdom of God, all those things will fail you. I've given you these examples of people you know that are in show business or famous athletes. But I I don't mean to pick on them because I don't love them. But I want you to understand it in a way that's simple. And I think everybody gets it when I say this. If Baez does not have Jesus, Baez will bust hell wide open when he dies. Do you understand that? You can go to hell with the Chicago Cubs World Series trophy in your hand. You can go right to hell with it. If the Pope does not repent and get born again and stop worshiping idols and saints and teaching the false religion of Roman Catholicism, he will go to hell with a cane, a staff, a ring, and a funny dress. Are you listening? If today Donald Trump does not repent, become born again, he will be a president in hell and I'm sure he won't be the first one. If you as a mother or a father, listen to me, mothers and fathers. How many mothers and fathers love their children? If you don't repent and love Jesus, you will go to hell. As a mother, you will go to hell. If the Brady Bunch parents do not repent and love Jesus, they will go to hell. I'm not here to glorify hell. I'm here to tell you about heaven. But I have to tell you there's another place if you don't go to heaven. And so the church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. This is my job. And it is your job to come here and to listen and to learn and then to go out in this world and build a better society. You are to build the culture based on what we learn in this room. If the mayor today is not in a room like this learning these principles, he will fail At the end of his life, he will watch everything he built turn into vapor and dust. But if a janitor comes here today and learns the principles of the kingdom and applies it just to cleaning toilets. My father-in-law is a janitor at a junior high school. And if he applies it to the cleaning of toilets and to the work that he does, his reward will be great in the kingdom to come. The Bible says, do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, treasures on earth where moth and rust can mess with them but rather store it for yourselves treasures in heaven so how do we want to start a new year do we want to start it seeking money or seeking god do we want to start it seeking our better jobs and a better government or seeking god what do you want god or government god or money god or sex God or fame. Now what the Bible says is if you seek him first and you do those things right, you can have both. Can I get an amen? Making room for my side section right here. I want to look right at you guys. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 if you're there, say I'm there. Some of you aren't using your Bible app. You need to. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. Although I hope to come to you soon. This is Paul talking to the church here where Timothy was a pastor. He says, although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. What is another name for God's household. Say it out loud. Say it out loud like you mean it. What is another name for God's house? The church. What is the pillar and the foundation of truth? If you today want to find truth, you must get it from the church. you got to get it from the church. I'm sorry if I'm theatrical sometimes and flamboyant, but I'm just trying to make this so real. It's not even about my personality today. It's not whether or not you like me. You have got to be in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's house, to get you truth. That's it. That's the only place you will find it. That is the only place you will ever find it in this God's green earth, the place you call earth, this planet. This is the only place you'll ever find it. You'll never find it any other place. And if it's out there in the sense of people are using and doing things with truth, it is because it came from here. It came from here first. So if you see me inventing a computer, it's because God gave me the wisdom and the ability to do that. And if I'm going to use that computer for what God gave the wisdom and ability to do with it, not to look at porn, not to hurt the world, but to better the world, I will only get that from the truth, uh, from the church. That's the truth that the truth church is giving. And so you have to ask yourself this question. Do I believe that statement? Because if you think you can get truth from another place other than the church, you are under the deception of the enemy. the devil's a liar. The opposite of truth is what? It's a lie. So the devil's lying to you. If you think you can go over there to Oprah Winfrey or Dr. Phil or my new one i got to start picking on is Steve Harvey. This guy blows my mind how people think he's wise. It just blows my mind. Just to talk about Oprah for a minute. Here you have a woman that's never been married, lives in adultery, has no children, and all she wants to do is talk to mothers and wives. Are you listening to me? She is a fool. She is the epitome of a fool. She must repent. And we have to stop applauding her foolishness. She has been a false prophet to this generation Ushering in the gay community Ushering in lascivious living Ushering in things that we would have been ashamed of Two years, uh, uh, two generations ago Our grandparents would have been ashamed Of the guests that she promotes on that show And what they do Our grandparents would have been ashamed And then now Steve Harvey All these young people looking up to Steve Harvey Steve Harvey, as the, the meme says Married his side chick And now wants to tell men how to treat women How would you respect me as a pastor if you saw my wife leave this church, another woman come and take her place, and I'm still talking to you about marriage and family and taking care of things? These are the world leaders we listen to. Dr. Phil has psychics on his show, people who can can supposedly talk to spirits. Listen to me. If, If you had a choice, would you rather talk to a demon or to God the Father through the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ? What would you rather talk to? A demon or God? Oh, Mike, drop this thing and go home right now. Y'all aren't even ready for this. What would you rather talk to? Well, I'm talking to the spirit of your grandma. No, you're talking to a demon that demon that got your grandma's wig on. You're talking to a demon dressed up like grandmama. I don't need to talk to grandmama's demon looking like grandmama. I'll talk to God. And this is what God said. She's either in heaven or hell. Don't you worry about her. Move on. I said the Bible tells me. Some of y'all looking up at the stars and horoscopes. I know the one who made the stars. He lives on the inside of me, and he tells me it's gonna be alright. So I'm telling you, people want to go find truth over here. We're gonna go find truth over here, and all the business men want to go find truth from all the rich businessmen, you know. And, and and there's a lot of things that they don't understand that they're doing that's successful, they don't understand where the principle even came from. It came from the church, Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, why is he successful? Because of the principle of fellowship based in the church. God made us for fellowship with each other, with himself. If you divorce fellowship from God and you try to have fellowship with each other, you're going to have a messy world. We can't fix each other. Those who have dirty hands can't clean dirty people. If you have AIDS, how are you going to give me a blood transfusion to cure my AIDS? If your heart is bad, how can you give me a heart? First of all, the moment you take your heart out, you die. We can't give each other heart transplants. Only Jesus can transplant our hearts. We can't wash each other. We're so dirty ourselves. And so I need to get my face out of Facebook and put my face in his book, Jesus' book, the Bible, if I want to learn how to have right fellowship. Can I use Facebook? I can use all the technology of the world. I can use this Apple computer. But the only reason why this Apple computer works is because of the church. The church is what developed the technology and the ability for this Apple computer. Y'all don't even believe me. Google Francis Bacon right now. Google Google Sir Isaac Newton right now. Google every person that founded science in the scientific revolution. Google their name. Google Kepler right now. They all came from the church. The the, the entire ability to develop technology, to take us out of the dark ages into the age of enlightenment came from the church. And I'm not talking about the Roman Catholic Church. The Bible says that she's the whore that rides the beast of Babylon. She gets drunk off the blood of the saints. She did more damage than a lot of the other world regimes. Read your Bible. She is a a part of a false system the Bible says we had to leave her and walk away from her and get back to the Bible they had chained the Bible to the pulpit and put it in Latin and nobody even spoke Latin do you think they speak Latin in Germany? Do you think they speak Latin in those European nations? They spoke German. They spoke their own language. Even in, it- in, even in Italy, they didn't speak Latin anymore, and they chained the Bible. They, speak, they, they spoke a, a language other than what the Bible was, and they chained it, and they couldn't. Uh, the people couldn't read it. And when we translated the Bible, us as protesters translated the Bible, you know what they did to us? You know what they did to Huss? And you know what they did to, to all of these great men, Tyndale? They burned them at the stake. Because we took the power away from a Roman Catholic church based out of Rome and paganism, and we brought it back to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the house of God. Amen? So today, the truth is in this place. Now, Metro Praise is not the only church. Praise God. How many are glad we're not the only ones? Because imagine if the trumpet would sound and we would go to heaven, we'd be like, it's kind of lonely up here. It's a big old place. Hello, hello, hello. Just a couple hundred of us up here. No, 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 no. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is all across this planet. It's where anybody believes what Jesus taught and put it into practice. We learned last week that there's the church universal where we all are one together across this globe. And then there's the church local where we each find good churches to be a part of. And I don't mind giving promotion here today to good churches just so you know that in my heart that we don't think we're the only good church. New Life Covenant right down the road. It has a campus here. Great church. Chicago Tabernacle. Great church. Armitage Baptist. Great church. Living Word. With, with Pastor Bill Winston, great church, and I can lo- name a lot of other great churches in this city. And so listen, my competition is not with them. My competition is with the devil. I want to plunder hell and populate heaven. When I say I want 100,000, man, there's 8 million people in the city. There's 7,900,000 left for y'all, amen? That's what I say to them. Y'all go get you some. We're going to get 100,000. So the idea isn't I'm in competition with other churches. No, the idea is I'm in competition with the devil, and so are you. The devil wants to destroy the church. Jesus wants to build the church. So if you have people around you that are talking against the church, I would move away from them quickly. Because lightning may strike. And I know I say that facetiously, but I'm telling you, people who have a problem with the church have a problem with Jesus. If a married couple is in union together, if you got a problem with my wife, you got a problem with me. If you've got a problem with me, you've got a problem with my wife. The Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. That's the bride of Christ. We belong to him. He then says it's his body. If you start making fun of my nose, you start making fun of my hair, you start making fun of the way I walk, we ain't going to be friends very long. You start making fun of people in the church, you start putting down the church, that's his body. You start putting down my wife, are you listening? We're not hanging out. He could not have called it any more dearer terms. And then thirdly, he calls it his house. You come into my house, you say, you got a dirty house. I don't like your house. I don't like anything about it. You're going to be out my house. I'm going to boop, kick you right out my house. Well, get out. You say, I don't like God's house. I don't like church. I can do church by myself. You can tell yourself those lies all day long, but you're not doing what the Bible says. He called it his household, he called it his bride, he called it his body, and he said it's the pillar and the foundation of truth. That means scientists today need to do what scientists did back then and have the Bible as their standard and as their guide. It's amazing what Answers in Genesis has done in Kentucky. They have built a creation museum to show us that we don't come from animals, that we come from the creation of God. You should take a trip there with your family or at least see it online. They build a life-size ark to show the world how stupid they are when they tell us that the animals couldn't fit in there. We know the size of the ark. It tells us and we show them that all the animals, the species that, that, that the world has could fit into that ark. We believe in the Bible. We come from one race, the human race. We are not multiple races. We are just different colors of skin tone, melanone in our but we are of one race, the human race. Now what they don't want to tell you, and this is where their lies come in because they divorce their science from the Bible, is they don't want to tell you if evolution is true, then there are superior races. There are. Are there superior dogs? Come on, are there superior dogs? Okay, let's start off like this. Let's put you outside. It's pretty cold. Let's have you go hunting and you have one of two choices. You can either take a pit bull with you or you can take a chihuahua. Which one you taking with you? Which one is more superior? Now some of you are like, man, that pit bull is going to scare me, so I'll take the chihuahua and eat it if I get hungry and can't get nothing. But listen, we know they're superior dogs. We know they're superior. This one is superior than that one. If evolution is true, then they're superior races. Darwin taught that. The man who is known for founding Darwinism taught that there were superior races because they're superior animals. It's, that's not even a thing to discuss. It's obvious they're superior animals. Racism is true if evolution is true genocide is okay if evolution is true do you understand that you divorce science from this book we call the bible and genocide is true just ask hitler hitler was a believer in evolution he believed the aryan race was a superior race and so what, do, what difference does it make if one tribe of lions move into a jungle and then kill all of their competition? That's genocide done on the African plains. What's wrong with a, if, a, if a dictator wants to do it in Germany? Genocide is okay abortion is okay infanticide is okay same thing on the african plains the old lion they get into a a a war you know one group of lions pride of lions get into a fight with another pride of lions and they start running because they're losing their you know they're heading to the hills which is the one that's going to get eaten by the other pride of lions the old one let him die he'll give his life for us It's no problem. And then cannibalism is acceptable in evolution. You're just meat. You're just made out of flesh and blood. We eat other animals. What's the difference between you eating your fellow man? All the animals that are carnivorous eat each other. There's no problem. They eat their own children sometimes. This is what they don't want to teach you. And yet a scientist wants to come onto your campus, college students, come into your world and act like they have truth because they can do something in a beaker, uh, with a beaker. And I think about those Muppets, like, and then they want to tell you, look at how smart we are. The Bible says they're fools. They're fools. They're no different than a baby foaming at the mouth. That's all they're doing is putting out spittle as i just spit myself they're putting out brain fizz they don't understand that god has made us in his image and that science comes from intelligent beings not animals and that we as intelligent beings know that we are to love each other and treat each other right that's why whether you're an atheist or not when you're on the bus tomorrow and somebody stubs or bumps into your foot you expect an apology because you're made in the image of God and you ought to be treated a certain way. And that's why you know if someone lies to you. that I could keep you here all day because without God there is no reason for ethics. What does the atheist have a problem if we lie? Who cares? Might is right. I'm bigger and badder than you. Take it. What can you say back to me? But if God is true, ethics are true. Why are ethics true in the system of the Bible as the church teaches? Because we're made in the image of God. I look like God. You wouldn't lie to God if he was standing before you, would you? Don't lie to me. I'm made in his image. I'm a reflection of him. That's why we treat each other with kindness. In the days of Noah, after God judged the earth, uh, he said, this is why we don't murder. Because man is given life by God and he's made in his image. You don't have the right to take life when you didn't give life. Some people say, oh, it wouldn't be that hard to create a better human being. I can think of a Superman, you know. So uh, I think we came from evolution because if there was really a God creating us, he would have made us to fly and maybe he wouldn't have put our, our, our breathing tube right where our water tube is at, you know. So you can choke so easily on water. How many have ever had it go down the wrong tube and you almost choke on yourself? See, evolutionists make fun of God this way. And so here's what I say. <laughs> that's so funny you found that out. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I do believe we're fearfully, wonderfully made, but you think you can do better oh yeah I can do so much better I'll put the tube here and the other one there and we can fly okay here we go you create you start you do it go how smart are they then oh I can draw it on paper well where are you getting your paper from create your own paper well I'll go get it from a tree oh no no go go get your own tree well no I'll, I'll go over here and do it on this planet. go get your own planet go get your own matter space and time go get it You babbling idiot. Come on. That's what they sound. They're babbling fools. But yet they come across as so wise. And and here we are in this church. And what are we? We're nincompoops. We're dumb. You're you're in a storefront church. What does that guy know? The mayor knows more than him. This scientist knows more than him. You know what? That's why I always say to our college students. And I'll be at Wright College, uh, you know, after their break. I say, put me on there. I'll debate your professor right now. Because they're afraid of us. That's why, they, that's why they put us down in the media. When was the last time you even heard one of us in the media preaching like this? Every now and then one will slip through and get on the Oprah show, the Larry King show, but then they're so backslidden and lukewarm they can't tell you left from right. They're just like, we love everybody and we just want to tell you Jesus loves you. Okay, well let's go to the next thing, dude. Okay, we understand that point. Let's go to the next thing. Let's tell some truth here. But let me just say this, though. The world wants to paint shoes being dumb. Here here! you are listening to a preacher that thinks he's martyred and all these scientists. But you have to understand, this has always been the way it is. The devil came to Adam and Eve. Psst. Come here. Come here. See that? See that fruit right there? You eat this, you become God. Oh, but God told me, I eat this, I die. She knew that. She heard that. And then what does he say back to her? God didn't say that didn't say that. God didn't say you were made in his image. And you take every lie of the devil, everything that is not truth, and that's exactly what the devil's saying to us. No, abortion's okay. You know, it's not really a person yet. God didn't say life begins in the womb. God didn't say one man, one woman in marriage. God didn't say that sexuality is determined at birth. You can recreate yourself like a Mr. Potato Head and put the parts wherever you want. God didn't say That these things, God didn't say this was wrong. He didn't say that. And that's why the church of the living God is here to point you right back at the Bible and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. This is what God said. This is what God says. And it settles it. And it doesn't mean that in the world uh, that we live in that we don't have wisdom and that we don't function within it. It's just that we function at a different level. We are the best of all that we do. We are the best at all the world's uh, the business and economy. We are the best, but we do it on these principles. So, my friends, don't compromise this year to be a father like Steve Harvey. Don't do that. Shame on you. Be a father like God the Father. Don't be a businesswoman like Oprah Winfrey this year. Be a businesswoman like those women in the Bible. Do you know that there was a great fashion, a fashionista in the Bible? She, she was a seller of purple. She had a lot of money. The Bible says she joined the church and learned from the disciples. There's lawyers that get saved and learn from the Bible, uh, learn and become disciples. Doctors become disciples. This is what God called us to do. And within 300 years, the Roman Empire fell to its knees and called Christ King. We changed the world. They killed us for a long time. And you see, you don't get killed uh, preaching soft, ear-tickling messages. They killed us for preaching messages just like this. They knew we were revolutionaries because we said, That man, Caesar, is not God. Jesus is God. And we taught the truth. And they kept burning us and setting us on fire. You've heard of Roman candles. It comes from uh, Nero setting us up along the streets of Rome, putting us on stakes, pouring gasoline or oil on us at that time, and setting us on fire. Those were Roman candles, Christians being burnt alive. Study your history. They murdered us and they killed us. And the greatest evidence to these pagans was that we would not bow our knees or change, even when our children died and even when we died, because we knew there was a king with a kingdom to come. Can I hear an amen? Let me keep preaching at you a little bit and I got a spoken word to lighten things up a little bit But here's some extra goodies that I had after last week's two-hour message I had some extra goodies after that and I said I forgot some stuff in that two-hour message I wanted to share with them So before I start this two-hour message here, let me make sure I get this through Let me tell you how important this is Discipleship is what Jesus is building right now and the church is what he's using It's his method to establish the kingdom of God to come How many have heard the prayer "Thy kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Where does God's will need to begin everywhere where things are being done? God's will needs to happen in science. God's will needs to happen in your life. God's will needs to happen in our government. It needs to happen right now, God's will and his kingdom to come. Amen. Now listen to what he said to Peter. I tell you that you are Peter. What was Peter at that time? A Pope? No, Peter was an obedient disciple. He asked all 12 of them, Who do men say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So he says, To you, Peter, an obedient disciple, I will build my church on this rock, the profession of faith that Jesus is Lord. I will build My church and what is the church the gathering of Christ's disciples and the gates of hell will not Overcome it. What is the one thing that Jesus says he will build I will build my I will build my Okay, did he say he would build your business? Did he say he would build your house Did he say he would build your nation? What did he say he would build? Okay, so if you want your house to be built, what do you have to build first if you want this nation to be built? What do you have to build first? If you want to see all the good things happen on your job, in this culture and community, what must you build first? His church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. You won't know you're in a battle until you switch sides with the devil. Some of you are like, life's good for me right now, Pastor, and I don't give a rip about the church. That's because you're going to hell. That's because you're going right down the stream. You're just going like, here, it's just so, let me just tell you, when I first got a kayak, I went to Fox River, and, and uh, it was really crazy, and they told me not to go out that day. The wind was blowing so hard, and I almost got knocked over, and it was just crazy. So, the, so I went back another day, and I was just like, man, this is like so different out here, man. Like, wow, it's so different. Well, you know what I found out? Is I was going downstream, and the wind was pushing me downstream. And it was just like, man, it's just, you know, it's so different out here, so fun. And then all of a sudden, some of you have felt this when you were bike riding at the lake too. I said, well, it's about time to go home. Okay, let me go. And I was like, this is going to be hard. Literally, it took me three times the effort, three times the amount of time to get to the same way, to get to that same place where I was just cruising. I was just, oh, man, this is so easy. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, you're not going to face a fight until you say, I'm going to build the church of Jesus Christ in my house. You can watch five, watch, just try it, just try it. All you parents here, spend next Saturday just watching movies with your kids. We're going to watch this movie, we're going to watch this movie, we're going to watch this movie. Then just make one, chance. just take one chance to do a five minute devotional with them. Sit down, turn off the movie and watch how crazy they'll get You see, the world will go with you. Just talk to you. Look, just go like this. Tomorrow, Monday, do the social experiment. Stand at the water cooler. Take your break. Go out with your coworkers. Talk about whatever they want to talk about. My dad was a businessman. He said they would talk about everything with him. They'll talk about their sex life. They'll talk about what they did over the weekend. They'll talk about their 401k. They'll talk about everything and anything. Then the next day, just bring up Jesus. Just bring up, well, I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about what the Bible says. And watch how quickly you'll be sitting alone at that table watch how quickly it will remain silent they won't want to talk about anything to do with that most of the world is running away from God and his church he says I will give you the disciples the keys of the kingdom who does he give the keys of the kingdom to disciples the keys of the kingdom whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven who has the ability to loose things in heaven the church. Who has the ability to bind things on this earth and loose them here? The church. We have the power. We have the authority. Now, some of you think, well, that's just cute. That's just cute. You know, you Christians, you guys talk about all these things. That's so nice. You believe that. Let me tell you about when the kingdom comes to earth. Can I tell you what's going to happen when the kingdom comes? Because we've been waiting 2,000 years for him to come back. And let me just tell you, when he comes back, a lot of people are going to be screaming out, oh, no. Because they're going to be watching the world being destroyed, all the houses they built by the beach being destroyed, all the things that they put hope in in Silicon Valley being destroyed, their governments being destroyed. Oh, no, oh, no. But what are the Christians going to be screaming out? Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. It is time for Jesus Christ to rule upon this earth the disciples will restore and rebuild and judge the earth and guess what those who have not been serving christ will work in our fields they will be the ones that do the work for us now you say pastor that sounds like the slavery of america and that's not what it was see the slavery of america was wicked it was done wrong and the people who did it will go to hell they were slave traders the bible actually says slave traders go to hell don't ever think that the bible promotes slavery it promoted work servitude work servitude understand the difference the bible says they will rebuild the ancient so, after God has destroyed two thirds of the earth, two thirds of the earth's population, they will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the place long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Now, watch this strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed nom, 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 on the wealth of the nations and in their riches you will boast." When Jesus comes to earth and the church is used to be the priest in the kingdom of the world, we will walk right over to little Wayne's house and say, thank you very much. You may work in the field and take care of the vineyard. We will walk over to Trump Tower, take off Trump Tower, put over Jesus, and say, you may d- be the gardener. If they are still alive and are not in hell. Are you listening to me? Every politician, every Silicon Valley upstart, Google will work in the fields of those who are the children of God. You say, Pastor, I don't know know if I believe that. Well, you will see it with your very own eyes. A kingdom comes. When a kingdom comes, what's already involved in that? A war. Who wins the war at Armageddon? God or the devil? Okay. And then who gets the land? Who gets the earth? Who owns it now? See, you've gotten so used to hell on earth that you think that that crazy nut in North Korea actually owns that land. That land will be given to Jose when Jesus comes to rule and reign. That land will be given back over to the children of God. We will rule that land. Do you understand? It will become a free land, and that dictator, if he's not already burning in hell, will serve and work in those fields, and they'll be happy to do so because the king will be among us. We won't be whipping and beating them as uh, savages have done to other human beings. We will treat them as we ourselves would want to be treated, but they will have no authority in the kingdom of God. When Jesus raised from the dead, he is the first fruits of what we will become in the kingdom of God. He lived among the disciples for 40 days. He ate food with them, but he could also walk through walls and appear where he wanted to be. This world has so duped us into science fiction that when we hear the Bible, we think it's stupid. We think that we will live among men as gods, as God's divine agents. And we think that's stupid. Yet we watch Superman and go, that's cool. We are the real Superman. We are the real superheroes. When the kingdom of God comes, we will have glorified bodies. We will eat and sleep and live among them. We will cure their diseases. We will work for the glory of God. And they will be in that kingdom for a thousand years and see the glory of God. That is the kingdom coming. Y'all think it's a joke? Let's keep going. This is what Jesus told his original 12 disciples. Matthew 19, 28. This is what he told them. Truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, remember these words right here, you're going to renew cities, you're going to restore them, renew the ruined cities. Look at that. That was Isaiah. Here's about 600 years later, Jesus is on the earth, and we're now waiting for the fulfillment. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel and all the nations. You will follow Peter. Every single one of you will follow James. Every single one of you will listen to John. This will be the supreme court of the entire world. Jesus will rule through the twelve tribes disciples. Now what happened to Judas? My best guess is that the church uh, in the book of Acts says it was Matthias, but I believe God appointed Paul. Paul will take Judas's spot. Twelve thrones will be upon this earth. Jesus in the middle, six on each side. Are you ready for the kingdom to come? Do you remember that the disciples totally understood this? They totally got it because what did James and John do? They walk up to Jesus and go, can I sit at your left and he sit at your right? Because they understood Jesus talked like this all the time. I talk like this. They think I'm crazy. But this is what Jesus talked about. The Bible actually says that we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Right now, I'm Christ's ambassador. And what am I telling this world? The king is coming. Prepare yourselves. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The king is coming to judge this world. I'm his ambassador sent to tell you this world belongs to our God. It doesn't belong to the devil and it doesn't belong to men. So when you come to a church like this and we tell you that we're building the kingdom of God and that you should center your life around building the kingdom of God within the church, am I doing a disservice to you? Am I selfishly promoting my own church? Well, I don't care about your family, so I'm not going to preach on 12 tips to be a better father in 2017. 12 tips to be a better mother. Is this a selfish thing of me? I just want more money. I want more people. No, I am teaching you at the beginning of the year why we put up here every single day to love God, love people, connect, mentor, send in 100,000. Because we will rule the earth one day, and we are here with his authority to establish the kingdom now. We're here to establish it. Now, despite what that devil says, we got the keys to the kingdom. And when we pray, things happen. They were suing each other in the local church. Paul got mad at them, and he said, why are you suing each other? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? We don't need to go to Judge Judy. Find a Christian to solve your problem here because they will judge angels. One day when we are ruling and reigning with Christ, we will ask Gabriel to come up. Gabriel. Did you always do what the Father commanded you to do? Michael, did you do it? And we'll give them their rewards. God will use us as his divine agents. And then we will look to every demon, the third of the fallen angels that have gone to to hell. We will judge every single one of them. You foul devil. You lied to so-and-so. You did this to so-and-so. You fallen angel. I judge you in the name of Jesus. Go to hell and never come out. God will use his divine agents. And even right now, we can do so. The Bible says we can command good angels to serve us in Jesus' name. I don't need to pray to them. I command them. And then the ones that are fallen, we command them to go in Jesus' name. We were made over the creation of God. Disciples will be the ruling class in the kingdom of God as the priests. Now, the, when we talk about the wicked Roman Catholic Church, what did they try to do? They tried to do this on the earth and caused a lot of problems by their priests trying to uh, burn people at the stakes. They uh, took the same type of persecution that the Romans did against them. They turned against God. And I do have a book. Look up disciplesofthefirstdisciples.com on where we went wrong and how Roman Catholicism developed over 500 years. But here's the point. The priestly class that rules the earth is doing it with Jesus and they do it righteously. Revelation 26. How many know Revelation's a good book? Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. This is when we're alive with Christ ruling and reigning. The second death has no power over them. You won't be able to kill us in the kingdom. You will not and we will stop you. Has no power over them but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with them for how long? How long will we reign? A thousand years, and then he will destroy the devil once and for all in the lake of fire with all of them with him. So what happens between now and then? Jesus comes, establishes kingdom, reigns for a thousand years to say to this world and to, this, and to the devil, you don't get the last laugh, I do. Then I wipe it out and start over again with only the children of God. The Bible says in the 1,000-year reign of Christ, those who die at 100 will be, will be babes. They'll be considered babes. People will live long lives because all the wisdom of God will be given to us to cure the diseases. Cancer will be cured just like that. Violence will be cured. Over All, all the dictators will be sat down. The governments will be ruled by Jesus Christ. And you know how he does that? You know how he does it? He does it by destroying the earth for seven years of tribulation. And the last battle, he comes down with the sword. And the Bible says 300 million people died. The blood is as high as a horse's head for 100 miles and everybody goes i think it's time to do it his way the rappers go we're tired of rapping about money and gold i don't want to get you know squashed i'm going to start rapping about jesus now okay good idea right all the politicians they will come before god and beg him they will cry out for the rocks they'll say kill us so we don't have to face his judgment they will beg him for another chance so here is the deal my friends you will given this opportunity and it's up to you what you do because this is what we're here to do. Matthew 28 19 Jesus is marching orders therefore go and make disciples of just cute people in churches. What does it say? Therefore go and make disciples of what? All nations. Does that include presidents? Does that include governors? Does that include Bill Gates? It does. Bill Gates be a disciple of Jesus Christ lest you get trampled in his way. Be warned that he is coming to judge you. Can I hear an amen? Do you all ever read your Bible? Do you ever read the scary parts? You all need to read some more of the scary parts. Read Psalm chapter 2 verse 2. Psalm chapter 2 just talks about when he comes. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? They will literally point nuclear weapons at Jesus as he's coming back with his church. And the people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth rise up together and the rulers band together against the Lord and his anointed one. They're going to do that in the battle of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo. And against the Lord and his anointed one. Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. God will laugh at them on judgment day. You thought you could stop me with your nuclear weapons. It's over. And he scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, this is Jesus talking. He said to me, somebody say, Jesus talking. You are my son. Today I've become your father. That's at the incarnation. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. When did Jesus get that prayer answered? The father said to him, this day at his incarnation, you are now my son in the form of a man. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations. When was that prayer answered? That was answered at the resurrection because he said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Who has the authority over America today? Jesus. That's why we put it at the end of our prayers of allegiance, one nation under God. See, our rulers were smart enough to do that. You take God out of this nation, this nation will be nothing but dust and a footprint that our God steps on and crushes. Do you want to get the imprint of his Nike on your face? I'm just asking you that. Do you want to get squashed by God? Some of you all don't want to hear that, but I'm going to show it to you right now. The wine press of God's wrath. Now, when you hear that term, many of us here don't understand the wine press. But how many already get an idea of what a wine press is? Okay, let me show you what a wine press is. A wine press is is the thing that you stomp on so that the grapes can come out. Okay? So here's a picture of it right here. Let's look at it. You put the grapes inside, kind of a, a you know a, a place that you can have it all together and not spill out. And then around here, you you have what you're stomping on becomes juice. So when you have a wine press, you use your feet to stomp on the grapes. And you squash them. You don't feel sorry for them. You squash them. And you don't just squash a few. You fill that thing up till it's full of grapes, up to your legs if you've ever seen it. And you just keep squashing it and squashing it. The ancient people of Jesus' time saw these. You you would have saw one on the way to church today if you lived 2,000 years ago. Now I want you to read in your Bible what the, what the Bible says in Revelations about what is coming to us when we disobey God. Look at the wine press Revelation scripture here. Revelation chapter 14, verse 9. Come on, somebody say, Lord, have mercy. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes and threw them into the great wine press, press of God's wrath. And then it says in verse 20, And the wine press was trodden down outside the city, and the blood that flowed from it rose as high as a horse's bridle for the distance of 1,000 stadia, which is over 100 miles. What is this? This is the nations that stand against God being pressed down, and their blood will flow. Now some people get upset and they say that sounds more like Hitler than Jesus. But you don't understand. Jesus made us in His image. We don't have the right to treat this world the way we have. You have people right now that care more about emission fumes, and you got these sinners like DiCaprio and and uh, you know Al Gore all caring about emission fumes, but they kill babies inside a mother's wombs. God is going to trample on them. And then you think that's bad. That's not even the worst of it. The worst of it comes after they are trampled because what happens to man's eternal soul then? What happens to man's eternal soul once his blood has been spilled? Once God has trampled on them, the Bible says they will go into the lake of fire forever. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone's name who's not found in the the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Do you want to go to hell? Do you want your family to go to hell? Do you want to get stomped on? Do you want me to get stomped on? Do you think I want you or your neighbors to get stomped up? So what are we going to do about it? What we're going to do about it is what Jesus told us to do. Amen? We're going to make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey. How many things? Everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's take a break, get to the introduction. That was the land app from last week. I got the introduction now and the sermon ready, okay? The sermon today, can I show you the sermon? Can I just show you the sermon? See, literally, this was the series text. This was the extra goodies from last week. This is the sermon that I now want to preach with this Bible verse, these terms, this way here, all the way down here, okay? And then I want to apply it, and I want to end with this goodie right there, Okay? So let me get, I want to get now to the introduction for today. Are you guys ready? We're going to talk about loving God and loving people, okay? You, you don't need to worry about going to a restaurant today. How many are on New Year's resolutions wanting to lose some money? I mean, lose some weight, not lose money. But you're going to save money and lose weight, right? I'm going to help you not go to lunch right now. You'll get out and we'll have dinner. Okay, you all ready for this? Here we go. We need the love of God in our streets like never before. We need to fall on our face and call on the name of the Lord. It's like a desert out here with no rain in sight. Everywhere we turn, nobody wants to do right. All we ever see in our city is people wanting more and more while abortion babies are dying more than all the wars. It's sometimes hard to try to keep your head up and look around when all you can see is the devil taking our people down. The only hope we have is what that word of God tells me. He promised in the last days that the spirit of the Lord would fill me so I throw my heart and hands up like an empty cup to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, please come fill me up. How many want to get filled today with the love of God? You see, we're motivated by the love of God. We're doing what we do by the love of God. We know judgment is coming, so we want people to be spared. Even God says, I don't want to judge you that way. He says, I did not create you for this. So today, to build the church, we need to love God and love people. We need to care about them and invite them to the kingdom to come. There is still room for you. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, there's room for you in the kingdom. There's a place for you. You don't need to be trampled on by God. You don't need to be just a servant in the vineyard of someone that's a child of God. You today can reign with us as a king, as a priest, as sons and daughters of God. But here's how you come. You come by denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus. And he gave us the two greatest commandments that disciples follow in the church. You see, we do not take this theology of the end times and us ruling and reigning and now conquer people with our sword as Muslims do. You see, that's when Roman Catholicism went wrong, when it wanted to be like Islam, and that's another discussion. But Islam started with conquering for their kingdom. And it transformed the way we thought, and we borrowed from them and the pagans. And, since, and, and from that point, the Crusades began. We began to fight with sword to kill and to conquer. And if you didn't convert to Christianity, we began to kill you. But see, the difference between us and Islam is Islam, die or convert, is actually in the Quran. But you see, to do that in the Bible, you go against Jesus. Because Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Pray for your enemies. When they persecute you, you are blessed. When they came to arrest him and Peter went to cut off the ear with the sword, Jesus healed the man's ear and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was a legion of angels, angels would come and level this place. Do you understand our kingdom is not of this world? We do not fight with flesh and blood we do not use weapons of this world's warfare our weapons the keys and the weapons that we have are of the word of god and through prayer and the bible says we are as sheep among wolves in this world led to the slaughter we are harmless as doves but we're wise as the serpents the bible says and so in this world we conquer them with our love we look to jesus and see that before he came as a conquering king he came to conquer our hearts. Do you see the difference? Jesus knew that one day he would rule the world, but he didn't come that way as a pompous king. He came born of a manger. He humbled himself. And so, yes, we have the promise of the kingdom to come. And, yes, we pray for it to come, but we live it out by the highest principle, love. Because without love, even if I give my body to be burned, I have nothing. If I do not love, if I give everything away I have to the poor, it profits me nothing. Love is the foundation of all things. Love never fails. Love is patient. Love is kind. That is why in Peter, they were asking him, uh, Peter, why doesn't he come back? Why doesn't he judge the world? Doesn't he see we're dying? We're being killed. And Peter said, God is slow to his judgment. That wine press day will take a long time to come because he wants more people to come into the kingdom. He is not slow in keeping the promise but he's long suffering towards those who are on the side of judgment one of the teachers of the law came and heard jesus debating noticing that jesus had given them a good answer he asked of all the commandments jesus which is the most important if i asked you right now what is the most important commandment would you know That's what they asked Jesus. Jesus then said, the most important one is this. Hear this, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Can everybody look up at me, please? Why do you think our missionaries go to the Middle East right now? Do we go with sword? Do we go with sword? No, we go with the word of God. There was a woman that was stoned to death in front of a mosque in Nigeria. Why was she preaching there? Why is it right now 100,000 Christians die a year and I wear this bracelet to remind me? It's because we're loving them with the gospel. Two Iranian girls were captured and tortured. Why? Because they were handing out Bibles to the villages and to the people there. Why is it in Orissa the Hindus burned and set the Christians on fire? It's because we were preaching love And we're converting their villages, and they hated us. Why is it every communist regime, every Hindu regime, every Muslim regime, every world-dominating regime, the first ones they persecute is the Christians? Why is that? Because they know that we change the world through our love. We change the world, not through our sword, but through our love. We change the world through our good deeds that people see in us. And they say, this must be, there must be a God. This must be different than what I've seen in the world before. In the Roman Empire, they would take their children and they would throw them out. If they didn't like their gender or if they had too many because they didn't know about birth control. So they would throw them out. The Christians would begin to adopt them. That's why our orphanages start. Show me any Muslim orphanage. You know why there's no Islamic orphanages? It's because Muhammad taught against it. He taught against adoption. He taught against adoption so that he could take the wife of one of his children. Are you listening to me? Why did Mother Teresa... And the one good thing the Catholic Church showed us was their charity. But why did Mother Teresa have to go to India? There was a bin- billion people already there. Why weren't they helping their own? There's enough food. Have you ever been there? Have you ever seen pictures of the lush land of India? Mother Teresa had to go there because the Hindu religion teaches a caste system of reincarnation. When you're born, poor, it's because in a previous life you did something wrong, and now in this life you deserve to suffer. It took a Christian woman to say, these are children of God made in his image. We take care of them. How Are you listening? Why is it this nation people still run to it? Because our founding fathers developed it in the Christian mindset. That's why we became strong. That's why we became the way we were. We were built upon Christian principles. See, we need a vision To set our hearts at. Make this the vision of your life. The greatest commandments of God. The central theme and focus of our church is the vision of loving God and loving people. In the business world, they call this a mission statement to define their purpose. Apple's mission statement is, Apple is committed to bringing the best in personal computing to students, educators, for creative professionals, and consumers around the world through its innovative hardware, software, and Internet offerings. How many like Apple products? Those of us who do, they're staying true to their vision. But if we're going to be a good church, we have to be true to our vision, which is what? Loving God and loving. The Bible says he gives visions to lead his people. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 18, where there is no vision, people cast cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. If you say to me, Pastor, I've been to bad churches. You know why it's bad? They're not following the recipe. The recipe's been given. If you've been to a bad McDonald's and you like McDonald's, it's because they ain't following the recipe. If you've had a bad, uh, you know, uh, what are we going to say, arrozco cocandules and it don't taste like mamas or grandmas, <laughs> I'm trying right here. It's because they got a bad recipe. If you don't like the pizza where you get it down in your neighborhood, it's because they got a bad recipe. If you don't like a certain church and the way they're doing, and I agree, not all churches are good, it's because they're not following the vision. The vision is to love God and love people. Those are the greatest commandments. That's the vision of the church. Is that your vision in life? At MPI, we summarize it simply as this, loving God and loving people. Can I hear an amen? How do we love God? We worship him. Look at John 4, 23. I'm going quickly. Vinny, would you come, please? A time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Until the kingdom comes, we don't see God with our earthly eyes. But we see him in our heart, don't we? We experience him in our daily lives. How do we love him back? We worship him. Not just in church, but we sing songs to him in our life. You ever had a tune in your heart and you're just humming it throughout the day? You do that unto the Lord. Have you ever been so grateful that you just wanted to say thank you to the people in your life, but you do that for God every day? God, I'm just grateful for today. I'm grateful for the air in my lungs, the breath in my lungs. God, I'm grateful for my family. God, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. You live a life like that, you're loving God. The second way that you love God is you obey his commands. This is what Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what I commanded. If you look out through the Bible, there's about 100 major commands that you need to follow. I summarize them in 12 main points. You read your Bible so you can know what they are and be blessed by the word of God. Can I hear an amen? If you believe these are good things to do, say amen. Read your Bible. Keep your family in order. Meditate and memorize the scripture. Write out things in your life. Pray and worship. Be a disciple and live like Jesus. Serve the world as a Christian. Share your faith wherever you go. Make time to be quiet and meditate upon the Lord. Keep your money in order. Hang out with Christians. Be involved in your church. Show me anything else that's important. In the Bible, and I'll show you that it can fit into those 12 categories. It's a summarization, not perfect, but it's pretty much summarizing the entire commands of the Bible. You want to love God? Worship Him. Obey His commands. Worship Him. Obey His commands. Worship Him. Obey His commands. Worship Him on your job, obey His commands on your job. Worship Him in your family, obey His commands in your family. Worship Him in your school, obey His commands in your school. Worship Him on your job, obey His commands. Does everybody get We do that, we're living right. God will bless us. Y'all ain't even ready. I got another mic drop up in me. Y'all ain't ready. Can I show you one of the greatest prayer meetings I've ever seen? How many want to see an awesome prayer meeting? Amen. Can I show you one of the best renditions of a prayer meeting that I've ever seen? i want to show this to you right here. I'm searching on my website for a previous sermon. You can do that as well. I want to show you one of the greatest prayer meetings I've ever seen. I will cry right now in front of you because some of you do not understand this. That is not in a church. That isn't a government building. That was before we made the Declaration of Independence. You tell me a place where God does not belong, and I will show you a place you have handed over to Satan. You say God don't belong in your government, and you get Satan. You get his lies. You get his deception. You get his war. I always put up a picture like this and people tell me all the time, what about the Indians? What about the African-Americans? African-Americans and Indians were mistreated at certain times, but it was the church of Jesus Christ through the government that set them free in a way they'd never been free. I double-dog dare you to look up right now the Aztecs and the Incas and see what they did to their people. I double-dog dare you look up Dofar, Ethiopia, any place in Africa that an African-American can think they came from, and you show me what their government is going through right now. I know my African-American history. I study it all the time. I will tell you about Booker T. Thomas. I will tell you about Douglas. I will tell you about these men. Some of them were tempted during the time of the Civil War to go back to Africa. There was actually a, a movement that was made at that time where Abraham Lincoln was willing to send whoever wanted to go back for reparations. And people said, no, no, don't send us back to those places. We'll stay here and make it better. They were preachers in the church that joined with the abolitionists, that tore down slavery. Martin Luther King Jr., understand your history. He was not asking for something new. He was declaring, and he said this was his words. I am coming with the thing that is owed to me in the Constitution. This is owed to me. It is owed to me. And just like there are wicked people today committing abortion and there's those like us that are against it, it was the same thing in that government then. There were those who were always against slavery, always stood against it, and it went through for a season until the righteous ones went over. And it only ended in America when 300,000 people died by the sword. This is a prayer meeting in government. Do you know one of the biggest revivals that America ever experienced was in New York City? Are you even ready for where it happened in New York City? I will put in the name right here. Christian Business Man Prayer Meeting. The people on Wall Street in the early 1800s began praying in New York City because they saw that greed wasn't the answer and revival came through them. New York in 1857 to, 19, to 1857 to 58, let me show you this revival that happened in New York City upon those that were in Wall Street. Let me get here to the, here we go. Many who attended did not profess to be religious, but they soon came under conviction of sin and began to look for a saving interest in Christ. Soon they started prayer meetings in other church buildings in downtown New York City. In March 1858, a noon prayer meeting was started in a large theater. Let's take over Broadway. Half an hour before the announced time, it was filled to capacity because the majority of the attenders were businessmen. They started prayer meetings in public buildings. Already in November 1857, this person, pastor of that person's church, was struck with the earnestness of petitions for the the descent of God's Spirit on our city's churches. Started with businessmen. Noontime prayer meetings were attracting 10,000 businessmen. All of them confessing their sins and praying for revival. This is not just a message for the poor kid or the person that got troubles in their life. This is a message for the richest businessmen in downtown. Come to this prayer meeting, sir. Repent of your sins and pray for God's power to be revived in this city. I will keep you here all day with testimonies. What does loving people look like? What does loving people look like? You help them in their time of need. That is why we will always be the greatest charitable organization on the planet. Capital C Church. I am sorry if you have seen pimping pastors behind the pulpit. But that's not our Jesus. That's not where we come from. They'll get judged, but that's not an excuse for you or I. This church right here, you're going to get your giving notices. We've got the end of the year report, but I'm ahead of myself. We gave away almost $20,000 to this community. Over 5% of our budget. If every church would just do that, if the billion dollars that goes to the 5,000 churches of this city would give 5%, that would be $50 million. And that's just the beginning. We clothe the naked. We feed the hungry. We bring them into our shelters, our drug rehabilitations. We do missions work. We help the poor. We do bus rides. I don't even have time to preach all that. And then we preach the gospel to them. And can you do both? Come on, somebody say, do both. You ever heard the YMCA? I'm not talking about that corny song from the 70s. Can I tell you where the YMCA started? Young Men's Atheist Association, Young Men's Muslim Association, Young Men's Yoga Association. Young Men's Christian Association. You see this building right next to us over here, Onward House, started by Christians. Almost every single nonprofit you see in this city was started by Christians. And you know what they do now? Because I've talked to them. They say, We can't partner with churches. We can't partner with churches. The devil has lied to them. Our churches start you, sir. I should walk right over there and take the keys from them and say, this is what the Presbyterians who started this wanted, not ungodly leaders. We were started by Christians. YMCA, give me back those keys. YMCA was started by Christian men who said our city is going to hell. Let's all put our money together, get some housing for these men who are coming out of the rural areas to work in these factories so they can have a safe place, do their devotions in the morning together and go out and work well. Combine preaching in the streets and the distribution of religious tracts with the social ministry was the vision of YMCA. You ever heard of Salvation Army? What do you think Salvation Army's army is about? Ringing bells, giving out clothes. What do you think Salvation's Army was about? How far they have fallen. Many of them have fallen, not all, but many. What was Salvation's Army's original goal? The advancement of the Christian religion, of education, the relief of poverty, and other charitable objects beneficial to society or the community of mankind as a whole. And you know what these people are now? They're ashamed of the gospel. You go look up, every single one of you, look up Harvard, look up Princeton, look up Yale, look up Oberlin, look up all of the universities. What's the one over here? What is it? No, um, North, Northeastern, the big one? Northwestern, started by Methodists, preachers, Bible college, Veritas on their logo. You know what they all become now? They're all ashamed. You can't even find their history. You got to go to a second website. You got to look at it in a small print. Like as if we were dumb, as if we were just in storefront. Our founding fathers came here, worked hard, fought for freedom, built out colleges and universities, and we're all a product of that. Where did my people come from? Italy, escaping Rome and the Vatican. My other side, Poland, escaping being conquered, conquered by Germany. All these Europeans now that snub their nose as us. They would be Germans right now if it wasn't for America. I can attest to that. My two grandparents went back into their own European lands to fight dictators in World War II. Are you listening to me? I'm not saying everything it does, America is right. But I'm telling you, we have been established the right way. This country belongs to God. Now, if I was in China, I would say, let's start a new foundation. But in America, let's go back to our foundation. Are you listening to me? Let's go back to Booker T. Washington. Let's go back to them. Let's go back to the men and women of God. Y'all don't even have time. Hold on before I read this. Can I get another black history thing in here? I'm so tired of the Black Lives Matter movement thinking they understand black lives. They don't understand black lives according to the Bible. The greatest black men that lived were Christians upon this planet and preached and lived holy lives, not ungodly lives, not lesbian, homosexual lives. And I love lesbians and homosexuals, but they were godly men and women. Who would be ashamed of the African American community? Just like I'm ashamed of corruption in white people, they would be ashamed of it. And we were never any stronger than we were in Azusa Street when black and white churches joined together. Study the Church of God in Christ history, study the Assembly of God when we sat together, preached together, did missions together. Now we've become segregated. Don't even have time to talk to you about Booker T. Washington and the man of God that he was and what he did to change the world, how he was brought up a slave, and how he would travel in the churches and build up the movement. One of Booker T. Washington's favorite men was another was another um, abolitionist, a white man, that had the principles that he joined with, and they fought together to end slavery. And I wish I could just talk about this man. I don't even have time, but I just wanted to put his picture up here. Can I hear an Amen. Don't even have time to talk about these men. These were men of God. We need to come back to our foundations. Black, white, pink, purple. Because my foundation is in Jesus today. How many have their foundation in Jesus? I don't care what race we are, what the world tries to categorize us as. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The black church, there is no such thing. The white church, there is no such thing. The Asian church, there is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about a white man, a black man, a yellow man, an Asian man. It is about the God man. For I'm not ashamed. I want to hear an amen on this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's about time YMCA doesn't get ashamed of the gospel anymore. It's about time Salvation Army is not ashamed of the gospel anymore. It's about time these organizations aren't ashamed of the gospel anymore. It's about time our presidents aren't ashamed of the gospel anymore. Do y'all even want to see Lincoln's Thanksgiving address? Y'all, don't, y'all celebrated Thanksgiving. Do you even know where it came from? Thanksgiving to what? The turkey? Oh, I'm thankful for this turkey. I'm so ha- I saw a TV show doing that. I'm thankful for this turkey. The devil has made you a fool. You're thankful for a bird that pecks on the ground, but you don't know the God who made that bird. Can I tell you what Abraham Lincoln said? You all want to hear what Abraham Lincoln said? The year that is drawing towards its close has been fulfilled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthy skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are so prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are so of extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, that's why today America's free, and Dofar is not, and Rwanda is not, and the West Congo is not. America fought and died for freedom, and it was a miracle we got free. It's a miracle we got free. Oh, I don't even have time to talk about this. Look at this whole thing. I will preach at you till I don't have a voice. Let me just read it right here. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. In this nation did not come even from you and them 300,000 boys that died in all those wars? You're telling me you understand something that we have forgotten as a nation and our very high schools and colleges are ashamed to tell us? What was it, Abraham Lincoln? They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins have nevertheless remembered mercy. God was merciful to this land. And if any land is alive today, God is being merciful to. I see my Brazilian brother right here. The largest Pentecostal nation in the world is Brazil. God is being merciful to Brazil. But they are toppling their government right now. They are still in uproar. Poverty abounds. The Roman Catholic Church has done nothing for them. The Christians must rise up in Brazil and take back that nation. Mexico, the corruption must be done away with. You saw what they did in that teacher's revolt. Those hoodlums shaved off those teachers, said, God must come to Mexico. God must come to Asia. There's over 100 million Christians in China right now, and God will use them to topple that regime. We have to pray for God's blessing upon this nation. And how does it come? Through the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. And who did Jesus entrust the gospel to? The church. She said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is from first by faith, from first to last. Who was the first one to believe that gospel in its fullness according to what we read today? Twelve disciples. Now of the twelve, who was the first? Peter. To the last one before that trumpet sounds and Jesus comes. It's all been about Jesus and the gospel. Are you listening? It's by faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. How many want to live it out today? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength by worshiping Him in spirit and in truth and obey His commands. Love people as yourself by helping them in their times of need. You can't do something for everybody, but you can do something for somebody and preach the gospel to them. That is revolution. Can I get an amen? Let's stand up to our feet. Give it up for Jesus today. amen I'm sorry to keep you long on these days but it's like man we got so much to go over before we start this year do you want to change the world how many want to change the world how many want to see this place be turned right side up come on somebody how many want to see justice in the land equality and into racism and ethnocentrism, of doing away of corruption of the true spirit of charity as the altar workers and bands come, please listen. If you want to change the world, change it with Jesus. And this is how Jesus said he'll change it. When we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and when we love our neighbor as ourself, would you raise up your hands with me right now in an attitude of prayer and say, God, I will love you with everything that's in me. Oh, God, I surrender all the parts of my heart that I keep from you. I want to love you, Lord, with everything that's within me. I want to keep your word. I want to obey your commands. Raise your hands in worship and tell them in your own words. Sing a song if you can or just in your own words. Say, Jesus, I want to love you. There's nobody like you, Lord. There's no one like you, Jesus. Come on, we surrender our hearts to you. If you love God, sin will be rid out of your heart today. So often people get hung up on trying to keep those commands and they say it's hard, it's hard. Let love set you free. When I love my wife right, I don't lust after other women. I don't have to worry about other women when I love her right. You don't have to worry about sin and all those commands. If you love God right, it will come natural. Change our hearts right now. Come on, who needs their hearts to be changed? Who right now needs their heart to be changed? Some of you need to start right there and say, God, change my heart. Make me like you. Make me like you, Jesus. Change me. Rearrange me. And now, as you're praying to love God, say, Lord, help me to love people the way you love them, Jesus. Help me to love my enemies the way you love them, Lord. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Help me to love my family the way you love my family. Give me patience for my wife and my kids. Help me to do good works in this world, not just a quarter. In the Salvation Army red bucket when I hear the bell. But Lord, 24-7, being a man or woman of charity, of kindness, treating others as I want to be treated, if I don't have money, I'll pray. I will pray for the hurting of this world. Come on, now sing it out to God. God, I want to love you with all my heart and love others as myself sing that out I want to love you with all my heart and others as myself Jesus Jesus we're going to sing out the vision today before we go yes Lord I want to love you with all my heart and love others as myself it's a song of a declaration today thank you for your patience but this will change the world if we take it serious it's changed your life hasn't it it can change everyone's life. Come on. I want to
2: love me
0: more. Jesus. Jesus. Okay, I'll give you the melody. Here it is. Keep playing, just keep playing. I want to love you with all of my heart. And I want to love my neighbor as myself and I want to love you sing it lady, come on uh, ladies or brothers thank you, brother and sister please and I want to love my neighbor as myself sing and I want to love you with
2: all of my heart and I want to love my neighbor as myself I want to love you with all of my heart I want to love my
0: neighbor as now myself. Now listen to this part. Your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's sing that out together as a declaration. Your kingdom
2: come, your will be done
1: on earth as it is in heaven. Come on a few
2: more times. Your kingdom Kingdom, sing it from your heart. Your will be, your done, be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Come on, sing your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. One more time. One more time, Your kingdom.
0: Now, will everybody grab somebody's hand and pray for them right now on your left and your right, even if you don't know their names, and just say, Lord, let it start here with us. There's a lot of great churches in this city, maybe even some that end on time. (laughs) But you are in a church of world changers, history makers, and roof breakers. Would you pray that we'll all do our part, that the Latinos here, will be a part of change in the Latino community. The Anglos here in the Anglo community. The African American. The Asian. The the Central American. The African. Come on, the Middle Eastern. That we will change the world. Each one of us. In our homes, our families, our cultures, our neighborhoods. Because that's what he called us to do. Now everybody say this with me. Jesus No, say it like you mean it. Jesus, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give it up for Jesus and say amen if you believe it. Amen. Amen.
2: Gloria Dios. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Slap your neighbor high five and say, let's do it. God bless you. You are dismissed. If you need prayer as you go, let us pray for you. Otherwise, have a great week. We love you. God bless you. Prayer workers are waiting. Let's worship those who want to hang out. Come on. Come on. Let's bring it up. Let's take it to a whole other level.
2: for the sake of the world, a fire in me.
1: Light a flame
2: in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in
0: me. Come on, burn in us, Jesus. Set your fire ablaze in our hearts. For the sake of
2: the world,